Welcome to episode five of Quarantine the Past. I'm joined today by the usual crew. We've got Juan Rodriguez, Joe Rivers, and Gabby Nirenberg. We're going to kick things off uh, this week with a, an intro question. We're talking about bands from the no record era, as basically I call it and no one else does. Um, but we're thinking in the last 23 years since No Ripcord started, we're asking everyone to choose a band that seemed destined for greatness, in your eyes at least, but somehow inexplicably failed to achieve that because for one reason or another, people didn't pay attention, the press didn't catch on. Um, so I'm going to kick things off. Uh, and my band that I thought seemed destined for really quite substantial things, and it never quite happened for them, is Love as Laughter. When I look back at the the No Record Review archives, there's about 20-odd records, I think, that we've given 10 out of 10 ratings to. And I really, in retrospect, don't agree with that many of them. Um, there's probably certainly a couple that I've dished out that I disagree with. Um, but we did a review in 2005 of a record called Laughter's Fifth by Lovers Laughter. And it's one of the few ones that I think really stands up today and I think is just a solid 10 out of 10 album. And notably, I think there's very few people that actually agree with that. Um, I listened to it again um, a few years ago when I was writing a feature um, about Sam Jane, the um, the front man for Lovers Laughter, who, who passed away. Um, and it just struck me what an amazing album it is. It's just, just great rock and roll music that is simple but deceptively so. Every song sounds like a classic. It just sounds like something is just something is just clicked in the session and they're just blasting it out they're making a few mistakes it's a little bit ramshackle in places but everything just sounds perfectly judged and totally in place and it, it remains a mystery to me why no one else really cottoned on and celebrated this record for the masterpiece that i think it is so that is my band that deserved greatness I remember that I remember that review. I feel like I've I've not heard of this band, but I feel like I know them just because I feel like you bring them up quite a lot. But um just even that description makes it sound like um Big Star, who I assume are your 20th century version of, of the answer to this question. Yeah, I mean Big Star sold even less records in the in the sort of heyday. Um yeah, I mean, when I was thinking of this question, I was thinking 21st century big star, who is it? Um, there isn't a 21st century big star. I think it's 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 probably hard to be that good and that unsuccessful in the modern era. I just feel like um, the distribution issues that big star had, you know, the internet would take care of a lot of that. But I and and Lovers Lab, they were on sub pop. They had a good a good sized label behind them. Um, it just didn't didn't happen for them. Um, but I think that's as close as a, a to a twenty first century big star as I can find. Anyone else even listen to that album? I mean, 
a, a little yeah. bit. I remember Laughter's Fill of uh, Laughter's Fill, I think it is. Yeah, Laughter's uh, Fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I remember some of it, and you would think they were like a quintessential sub pop band, but it 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 was like again one of those bands that eluded me at the time because I was reading a lot of the music magazines, including a Ripcord. And I don't know, it's it's some would kind of escape me and maybe because of the lack of publicity, I'm guessing. So yeah. it was like one of those bands that I kind of came around to afterwards. But but yeah, no, they, they had a pretty distinctive sound for sure. They didn't sound like a sub pop band necessarily. Either no, at not time. at all. Not at all. And I think sometimes when a when a band doesn't live up to what your preconception is it can be a bit like oh that wasn't what I was expecting and maybe you just don't give it that second listen that wins you over but um, I'd really really recommend it Um, there's not that much from 18 years ago um, that I loved at the time that I still love now but this is this is such a great album it really deserves more people listening to it I think yeah we'll move on I who am I going to put on the spot next? Should we go to Joe? Yeah. Okay. So I am going to pick the band Friends, who are a band from Brooklyn, who were around 2010 for just about two or three years. Um, I think they're kind of a bit of a band out of time, really. They've got a little bit of the sort of punk, funk, indie sleaze kind of thing going on. But yeah, about sort of eight years too late, probably. Um, I think they were a band of great moments rather than. Um, they released one album and I think it was an album of great moments rather than a great album so I first became aware of them they had a single called I'm His Girl which is really really good has this really great sort of wandering bass line and um, the b-side was a cover of My Boo by Ghost Town DJs which I really 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 loved and was really really excited for that album when it came out it was called Manifest and it has three or four really brilliant tracks on but um, wasn't the rest of it was kind of okay. I think we talk on this podcast quite a lot about bands who are new and you can kind of see the potential and you're looking forward to what they can do when they really hit their stride and release a really um, top quality full length. And I kind of felt that was what they were on the path towards doing. But then within a year, they'd, they'd broken up. Um, I don't really know what happened to the members other than the lead singer is, um, was Samantha Abani, who went on to do some work with Blood Orange and release some solo work. Um, but other than that I don't know what's happened to the rest of the group but yeah they were they were only really around for two or three years and I kind of expect I, I thought they could do something big really and it just it just never really happened I don't know if they broke up because um, the they weren't as successful as they hoped but yeah just thought it was a shame that they weren't around for too much for too long really yeah it's not a band I remember so this is I mean it's already proving useful that we can um, we'll throw these tracks on a on a pr- playlist so everyone else can easily listen. But no, I, did you remember them, Juan? A little bit. I feel I like you've listened to every band ever. So no, you're no. a sure. <laughs> I can't this believe I don't remember me. them. Yeah, based on the description. Yeah, why didn't you tell anyone, Joe? It could have could have made the difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I am. Um, I maybe they'd be I, famous. I'm almost sure, and you have to cut this out if I'm wrong, but I did a piece in 2012 looking at bands who were kind of hotly tipped and kind of almost doing like a sort of mini review of bands that were, I think at the start of the year, I went, looked at various kind of magazines and outlets, um, you know, list of bands who were going to be big this coming year. 
and if any sort of one band was tipped for the top by two or three different um, publications, I kind of wrote about them a little bit. And I had people in there who are like fairly big now, like um, I think Charlie XCX was one of them. Um, but it also had people who were never heard of again. Um, but I think friends were in that um, in that thing. So I think I have written about them. Um, I did review their album as well, but not for no ripcord. But I've I saw them play. So and I wasn't the only person there. So some people have heard them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can't um... find the article. <laughs> I, I I will remove it if if it's not true. But uh, I do have some vague recollection of that. Um, yeah, it seems so. I don't know if we have any Brooklyn listeners. I'm sure they know every single band under the sun, and they were from Brooklyn. So I'm sure somebody yeah. out there knows about Friends and that glorious early 2010s period where they had that one album. So. <laughs> right. So. Okay, um, yeah. I, I found the article. You have. Oh, I found the article. This um to show to show how long ago this was. Um, I've there. I've written that their website is www.myspace.com forward slash friends. Amazing. That might have something mm. to do with this. It's all starting to come together now, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I also in my um, paragraph where I write about them, I include the word chill wave, which is. A very um 10 years ago thing yeah i recall us doing something about chill wave on the original podcast series that we that we did that might be the final nail in the coffin for that podcast actually so we should probably move swiftly on before we doom ourselves again so there you go 2012 chill wave who knew um juan what have you got for us uh let's see so I didn't know you were all going in a more of an indie or direction because I was really thinking about a band who like has the makings of they could have been huge in, in some parallel universe. And so I was thinking, you know, like like a quality band that can achieve great success or one that had all the makings of becoming a popular band despite their shortcomings. So in, in thinking about this exercise, I thought about the band Idlewild in a lot of ways because a Scottish band uh, that formed in the early, in the late 90s and um, a band that I, I saw with, with two people here. So that was yeah. pretty fun. Um, so the reason I chose Idlewild is it, it's really simple. Like their first few albums, they were literally playing these really big shows. <laughs> I mean, especially in the UK, like not in the US, obviously, but I mean, they were almost headlining festivals and they had a lot of uh, attention. And although you could say like their first two albums were more like, were like the new Ash in a lot of ways, right? But then they be, then when they released the remote part, that was like their big, like anthemic album, right? Mm -hmm. And and it, again, like it had, I think I was talking to David about this, that they could have been like the, you know, like the generations, like the modern generations, like R.E.M. in a lot of ways, because he was like Roddy Wombo, like the lead singer is very literate and things about uh, very bookish references as well. But the sound was very wide and widescreen kind of sound, right? Mm. But after that, but I don't know, it's weird with Scottish bands sometimes, right? Like I feel like bands like Fright and Rabbit like got more attention and, and the music was maybe a little bit more accessible, but I, I didn't think like uh, Idlewild was necessarily that 
inaccessible. I mean, I feel like they sort of sabotage themselves a little bit and trying to like change and trying to be like Wilco because I know they used to be fans of Wilco as well. And, and maybe it just didn't translate the same way. And the 20, the early 2000s were kind of a weird era to kind of try to be a histrionic kind of band, right? Just don't, didn't work out. So yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think they seem to have, I mean, they were pretty successful, right? It's not like they... I um, think they were big. <laughs> but, but not as, yeah, they weren't, they weren't the next REM, were they, or the next um, Wilco or, or anything. They certainly achieved a, a slightly lower level of success than than that. And um, I have to say, we, we I interviewed them. Um, we interviewed Rod, the guitarist, um, when they were playing Sheffield and, and the Walkman was supporting them. Actually, it was a great, it was a great gig. Um, did this amazing interview that the, the nicest guys, like really, really down to earth, really, just really lovely, gave us beer, you know, had a great chat. And then right at the end of the interview, um, still makes me kind of cringe with embarrassment. We realized um, we hadn't recorded it. So we didn't get <laughs> anything, but it was a wonder. <laughs> It was a wonderful chat. We didn't have the heart to tell Rod um, that he just wasted half an hour of his life. But um, there you go. Yeah. Really nice guys. I did, I did interview them for the site. So oh, well, we, there you go. So some yeah. just some justice, and uh, yeah, it's but, funny how no rib, no, even no ribbed history kind of uh, completely ignored them as well. Like nobody really wrote about them. And then when they had like an album in the early 2010s, I interviewed them and and uh, wrote about their la their record back then. So yeah, at least at least that, that first one didn't work out, but it didn't work out in the end. So yeah, it's a, it's a funny story really. Yeah, I, they just never quite kicked on, even though they, they expanded their sound and went for something bigger. It didn't, um, the success didn't really follow. I think people cherished those first couple of albums more when they were a little bit, a little bit noisier and a little bit punkier. Yeah. Um, but I quite like that expansive, bigger sound that they did on the remote part and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. it's it's interesting almost that. Um, so the I think your I don't know how big they were in the states, but as, as Dave said, they were fairly big in the UK. But I feel like it's almost a thing now, rather than them being not as big as they should have been it's almost like people forget that they were quite big in the UK you don't really hear them mentioned at all anymore and exactly I just, and that's what I like mean. they had yeah so that I just looked at sort of like they had a couple of top 10 albums in the UK four top 20 singles and I can't imagine a band who sounds like Idlewild having sort of big success with singles at least any anymore um and yeah with that I mean like I said we did go to see them quite a few years ago now and I, I, I even that long ago that was probably what like sort of 2013 2014 mm -hmm. I think we went to see yeah. them and it, then yeah. I was surprised at how many songs I knew and had forgotten <laughs> even though at mm -hmm. that point it was probably less than 10 years that, that since they'd since they'd been out mm -hmm. so yeah I think they just don't really get spoken about anymore and they were they were they were big they were but they were sort of put in in the UK at least a long band alongside bands such as like um, Snow Patrol, I guess, who were kind of mm. getting big around the same time, and even maybe even bands like Coldplay and Keen and those kinds mm. of sort of bands that were being called indie when indie sort of started to 
lose all meaning yeah. as a term really <laughs> it just kind of meant bands who played their own instruments and wrote their own songs and weren't heavy rock um i think the, so the kind of got lumped in a little bit with those it's it seems unjust doesn't it that bands like snow patrol who i think were were a lesser a lesser band really just managed to kind of have that bigger hit that people will remember and i i think if you pulled a lot of people off the street who were just around and casually listening to music they'd struggle to to name an Idlewild song um yeah. but they'd probably think of chasing cars or, or right. um, somewhere only we know or something think, thinking of keen and, and Idlewild were just a, a bigger more you know um consistent band who made great records you know really well, accomplished singles they and... faded they were good but they faded in with all of the other kind of like uh, I'm, I'm sorry to do this but all the other like dude rock indie bands for me mm. like of the era and that doesn't mean I didn't like them I just like they were kind of samey to me and mm. maybe if I went back and listened I would be like oh yeah 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 I like this but there were a lot of like really good bands like that where they fade into the background for me for that reason mm. it's like all right more dudes with guitars like and i you, you guys know how much i like some of my favorite bands are just dudes with guitars i chose dudes with guitars for this podcast but um <laughs> uh i mean this episode but uh yeah they they really blend for mm. me with a lot of other groups of the time this could well be the dudes with guitars special edition the way we're going um oh, okay. it's on you it's on you to save us gabby i hope you i hope you're gonna uh i i am going to actually it took everything i could muster not to choose ted leo for this uh first <laughs> exercise though i think he fits really well it's accurate the, yeah no yeah. absolutely like people who like he definitely had all of the makings of someone who could have been a huge star but I didn't go that way because everyone expects me to go that way and I refused um so instead <laughs> um I am making a case for Kayla Marisich who most people know as The Blow mm. which was a very rarely remembered electropop project from the early 2000s although I think she made an album as recently as 2017 but I did not mm. listen to it and I don't think it got much press and I also don't think No Record ever reviewed her um I just briefly looked so I don't mm. I don't even know if we ever mentioned her um so she was on K Records for mm. much of her time so as can be expected for so much of K Records output, the music had a very DIY, lo-fi feel, kind of like if the moldy peaches had synths and samplers. Um, so I'm not actually sure that this sort of music was ever destined for commercial success, but I do think that uh, she had some of the most gut-wrenchingly earnest love songs of our generation. And I know that is a tall claim, but I stand by it. Um, and she did have this track that she referred to as her Beyonce song uh, called Long List of Girls, um, which was definitely written for a huge pop star to sing. And in the way she produced, obviously, it totally sounds like a demo tape, but I think it's such a shame that uh, J-Lo or Britney or indeed Beyonce uh, never ran with it because it would have been amazing. 
Um, and I just think it's such an underrated project generally, but I don't even think it was that inaccessible. Like we were all into electropop back then, but also, you know, lo-fi wasn't really gonna get anywhere. So I miss the blow a lot. Yeah, I definitely, I remember getting a promo from, from K Records. It might've been of um, her debut album. I was just looking at the discography to try and remember what it was. Um, and I do remember enjoying it. Um, and I thought I'd reviewed it, but. Um, well, it didn't come up in search, which doesn't mean. No, but I didn't. function is I didn't review good. it. So I feel, um, yeah, because I remember, yeah, I remember being really into the microphones, Mount Erie yeah, yeah, around yeah. the same time. Um, it was in that. That sort of, yeah, 2003 sort of era. I remember, I think it came in the same batch of jiffy bags that used to come through my door with <laughs> with all these goodies um yeah and it was a it was a good it was a really good enjoyable record and I haven't listened to any of our other stuff I've completely forgotten um so it's kind of rife I think given all the indie sleaze revival I think it's rife for a comeback so yeah tbd <laughs> well that's that's great yeah, I like the way you sneakily picked two things there. That was that was well. Sp- that wasn't. Uh, that was down to. That was because of Juan saying that uh, he kind of took the assignment a different way. So yeah, that was a last minute sneaky <laughs> entrance. <laughs> I do like it. Where well, we can throw a Ted Leo track on the playlist as well. Just to, I mean, Thank the the, the other band. Um, I, you know, I guess we can we can expand and talk a little bit more about some of the things we didn't pick, but nearly picked. But the other band I was thinking um, was the Wrens. Again, you know, <laughs> when you think about bands that should have been a lot bigger but just didn't make it, um, although that's perhaps less inexplicable, and uh, there there are reasons there. They sort of seem to self sabotage a little bit. But um, the Meadowlands is another awesome dudes with guitars album um that did get a fair bit of acclaim um and then the band obviously just never quite delivered a successor to it to kind of capitalize on that acclaim and uh we're still waiting about 20 years later for the follow-up um that keeps being uh, yeah it's it's coming soon it's always coming soon but it never quite comes but um that was a great album and a band that could well have been headlining major festivals if they hadn't kind of disappeared off the face of the earth um Um, are we allowed are we allowed to pick do two picks then go on joe i'm gonna jump on this band Uh, yeah hop on (laughs) Juan looks outraged um i'm going to say joy zipper in that case Uh, so i think I, I think I think they yeah they're New York uh, New York sort of um, duo who yeah. at the time of the band were were a couple I think they're now married um, but yeah just did um, yeah just a, a well boyfriend girlfriend duo who just used to make this really really lovely summery shimmering sort of guitar pop it's almost like music with a heat haze kind of hanging over it mm. and this really really melodic and and lovely um i think they released two maybe three albums um never officially broke up as a, as a band or a couple <laughs> to my knowledge um but just kind of stopped releasing records really um i think they have done a little bit of music here and there and maybe even put something out under a different name 
that has the sort of joy zipper hallmarks. But I remember them being quite hotly tipped around the time of um, their first proper full length, which was called American Whip, if I remember yeah. correctly. And even even the cover of that was just a kind of sort of washed out sort of looking yeah. looking scene. Um, but I think that and the Heartlight set was their other their other record. I think there might have been one before or that might have been a collection of eps or a compilation of some earlier stuff but no, i still i still listen to those two records quite a, quite a lot they're just really really sort of gorgeous sort of sun sunshiny mm. um slightly sort of dislocated woozy woozy pop music which i really loved 2002 what a time what a time to be alive huh <laughs> it's a big year for good records yeah it was a great year it was it was a really great year um did you have one more Juan? can can we drag you along with us oh no i, I was liking the the discussion i mean uh, <laughs> i don't i don't i mean there there was this band that i it was like one of those that i wrote one record about in like in 2010 and i gave it like a nine out of ten and nobody remembers this band but i really used to like this band called stricken city and <laughs> Uh, like God. a London band oh my yeah it was like the, this project of this singer called Rebecca Rebecca Ra I think was her, her name and, and the music was very like post block party kind of post punky sound but she had like a almost like a vibrato that was a little bit di different from from that from that era a lot of the dudes that were like singing and stuff I'm sure they probably had like some review on the Guardian outside of our review or something and they got completely forgotten but they had two albums and, and they were just fantastic I, I felt like they were like the dancier version of a lot of those like uh, post-punk bands that came out in the and it's an uh, such a hook driven album like one of their reviews that and I probably that's why I gave it a nine because I was like so infatuated with that album when it came out so yeah well I can't like, even really remember to, I just yeah I just thought of it like right now so well I'll have to check that out that sounds great mm. oh, yeah I don't remember them at all but I have um as soon as you said that I did manage to find a Guardian article about them so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right <laughs> <laughs> which says they sounds like which said they sound like Tallulah Gosh a little bit yeah although they were like a little bit I love more Tallulah Gosh animated. yeah <laughs> wow so there's some great stuff there to explore and um yeah quite a quite a spectrum of picks from the kind of you know f totally forgotten about to the you know fairly big but not as big as they might have been so yeah well done so that rounds up part one of this episode. We'll be publishing part two, which features the new music selections for the month uh, within the next week or so. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>